Good morning, everybody, and a very warm welcome to the Sunday service of uh, Free Community Church. Um, your presence with us this morning, whether in person or online, is especially uh, appreciated given the rather dark and stormy weather we are having. So really, to begin with, I would like to invite everyone to greet each other um, and bring a little warmth into our morning uh, today. If you are online, please um, extend a digital greeting and our producers will be there to welcome you as well. Welcome, welcome. All right. Um, let's move into a time of uh, the call to worship to prepare ourselves. Please rise and join me in the call to worship. Come, walk in green pastures. We follow, we follow the, the shepherd. Come, lie down in green pastures. We trust, we trust the, the shepherd. Come, dine at the table of abundance. We are fed by the shepherd. Come, dwell in God's house. We, we live, live in, in the, the shepherd's, shepherd's care. care. Loving shepherd, you know our names. You care for us. When we face darkness and death, walk beside us. When we hunger for your love, fill us with your presence. When we are fearful, feed us at your table. May, May we, we dwell, dwell in the house of goodness, goodness and mercy all the days of our lives. Amen. Amen. Please remain standing as we move into a time of praise and worship. Good morning, church. Today we sing. Today we sing for the one who works in miraculous ways, even if we don't see it, even if we don't feel it. Today we sing for the one who is at the center of it all, yet still hold all of us as the apple of their eye. Today we sing through the pitter-patter of light rain or the dark and stormy rain falling down in sheets upon us. And still we sing. And as we sing, do remember that our Almighty God, Jesus Christ, our Saviour, He is here. Amen. You are here. You are here moving in 
stop working even when I don't see it you're working even when I can't feel it you're working you never stop you never stop working 
you never stop you never stop even even when i don't see it you're working even when i can't feel it you're working you never stop you never stop working you never stop you never stop working even when i don't see it you're working even when i can't feel it you're working you never stop you never stop working you never stop, you never stop working Even when, even when I don't see it, you're working Even when I can feel it, you're working You never stop, you never stop working You never stop, you never stop working Even when I don't see it, you're working Even when I can't feel it, you're working You never stop, you never stop working You never stop working My God, that is who you are. You are Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. 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 That is who you This is for the one who makes the way, the one who works miracles, the one who keeps promises, our light in the darkness. I am yours, you are mine. You call me out upon the waters, the great unknown. With feet may fail, and there I find you in the mystery in oceans deep. My faith will stand, and I. Oh, 
Jesus at the center of it all Jesus at the center of it all From beginning to the end He would always be It's always been you, Jesus Jesus at the center of it all Jesus at the center of it all From beginning to the end It would always be It's always been you, Jesus Jesus
Let us pray. Gracious God, 
in your good time, you, you appeared to Abraham by his tent, and life was transformed. In your good time, you appeared on earth as Jesus, and life was transformed. In your good time, you brought our life into being, and it is now our opportunity to be disciples in the world today. The direction of our lives has brought us to this place at this time. As we reflect on the long history of the people of God and the ministry of Jesus Christ, we are aware that millennium after millennium, people have attempted to follow you faithfully. We are painfully aware that we stray from the path Jesus invites us to follow. So where we have neglected you or neglected others, where we have prioritized our desires and pushed down the agenda of the needs of those close to us, where we have boasted not in you, but selfishly in our own individual achievements. Forgive us, O oh Lord, we pray. And in your good time, and through the encouragement of the Holy Spirit, breathe new life into us that our daily actions may tell the world that we are pilgrims in the one whom death could not hold down, in Jesus Christ our Lord. Whether we seek forgiveness often or hardly ever, faithfully and repeatedly, our God forgives. Know the depth of that forgiveness and be at peace. Remember and hold before you people in your world where the fading of the light brings not only darkness but sadness and discomfort. May they know your light, O Lord. When we gather and share food and laughter with friends, relatives, and those whom we love, and also when we are content to eat alone, we offer you our thanks and praise. However, however, we remember and hold before you those today who will share meals tainted with sadness, those who through no choice of their own eat alone, those who are hungry and have little food. May they soon know joy and plenty we also remember and hold before you refugees and those who are strangers in a foreign land, those for whom exceptional warmth and hospitality would mean so much. May they know a rich welcome and ongoing support. Ever-creating, ever-loving, ever-encouraging God, we offer you our deep thanks. Use our gifts, talents, and skills in the world 
so that our lives may tell of your praises and where possible and those aid those whom we have remembered before you today so hear our prayers through Jesus Christ our loving Savior Amen Good morning. Good morning on this wet and gloomy uh, Sunday. Um, I know some of you might have some wet feet. Um, and I'm grateful um, that um, all of us make here, made our way here safely. Um, grateful for um, all your presence, whether online or in person. Um, especially those in person, right? You brave the weather to be here. Um, Today, we continue our sermon series wholeheartedly. And many of us bear wounds uh, from our past that continue to cast a shadow over our lives today. How do we move from these wounds to li live wholeheartedly? Today, we are privileged to have Yen Mei, one of our members, to share with us today recon reconciliation with our past. Yen Mei is currently pursuing a Master's in Divinity in the Divinity School of Chung Chi College in the Chinese University of Hong Kong. And she's back for our summer, uh, her summer break. And she's heading back to Hong Kong again because she has two more years before the completion of her course. And she has very willingly to, uh, taken the risk to um, try use Menti as we have used. I'm very grateful for that. And so for those of you, um, you can scan the, um, the Menti code or the QR code to join us or type in Menti dot no, type in fcc.li slash menti to join us, uh, to join uh, Yen Mei on, uh, on, on menti and respond to the questions that she has. So, will you uh, welcome Yen Mei, please? Hi, good morning, church. Good morning. <laughs> yeah, good to be back to see all of you again. Yes, so today I'm going to talk about uh, the story of Joseph, which I think most of you are very familiar with. But before we start, I'd like to tell you a story. Do you all like to eat apples? Yes? yes. yes? Okay. So when you go to buy the apple, do you look at the skin of the apple yeah. to select it? Yes? Okay, so you only buy those good-looking ones, right? Not the ones with a lot of on the side. Okay, so during my stay in the hostel, we often ordered organic vegetables and fruits from the local farm. So these apples are delivered to my place without me selecting the fruit. So the apples came, and it all looked red and shiny. Okay, so when I cut open the fruit, one is all good, but and the other one was looking all bruised and mushy inside. So what happened? to the apple, that it became like this. So let's imagine the nice apple was being picked from the garden, but on the way to us, it dropped on the ground and it got knocked on, a few, on the hard surface a few times during the delivery. Although it appears okay on the outside, but the inside is already brushed. 
The apple cannot tell you what happened to it till you cut it open. It's the same for us humans. We do not know what happened to another person by looking on the outside. The person might be going through their own pains and hurts. Okay, so what comes to your mind when you think about Joseph? You can input into the mentee, cloud. Oh, oh yes, the rainbow, the rainbow coat. Yes, he was in an interesting situation and he was also wrongly accused. He was, there was jealousy towards him. He had a destiny to be a leader. He was betrayed from his siblings. There was despair. Mary's husband? Uh, is she Mary's husband? Okay. <laughs> oh, okay, I'm like, did I not study about Joseph? Okay. <laughs> Yes, he did. He did. Uh, yes, his uh, youngest child syndrome. He's not the youngest child, but he was. Yeah, in the middle. Yes, he was the golden child. Yes, he is a parallel to Jesus. And yes, uh, he spent years incarcerated. And yes, he trusts in God, and he was the light of the world, and. Yep. Okay, as we move on to study about Joseph in Genesis 37, 2 to 4. Uh, Joseph first appeared as a young man of 17 years old. The first thing that the Bible writes about him was him bringing this bad report about his brothers to his father. What is this bad report about? We often wonder. From the clues that's given from Genesis 37, Joseph was there helping the sons of Bila and Zephyr. The sons were Dan and Natalie, Gad and Asher. This bad report does not concern all his brothers, but only the four siblings of Jacob's secondary wives. And we can actually picture this sibling rivalry between the brothers. So why did Joseph bring the bad report? Wouldn't it put him in a bad light with his brothers? So, actually, Joseph wanted his father's favor. And his actions were an act of tail-bearing in which he wanted to make himself important in front of his father. As you can see, Joseph had a big family. He's the ninth of the 12 siblings. He was known as the favorite son of Jacob. He was the apple of his father's eye. The story started with him not having a good relationship with brothers. So what were the reasons that contributed to this brothers, the brothers' hatred? So firstly, Jacob, his father, favoured him and gave him a distinctive garment, the coloured and long coat with a sleeve tunic covering the wrists of the ankles and apparel that's similar to a princess. This Hebrew word for dress is used in 2 Samuel 13, to also describe Tama's dress. During those times, the significance of dress is the most striking and powerful indication of social rank. 
And secondly, as we read Genesis 37, 5 to 8, the way that Joseph told his brothers the dreams made them very angry with him as they do not want to be subordinate to him who is the younger brother. The government already elevated Joseph's position above his brothers and with the dreams that intensified their hatred towards the brother and they plotted to kill him. As we read Genesis 37, we notice the narrator gave his understanding of human condition, the hatred of the one slighted. It's directed not towards the one who favours unjustly, but towards the one who was favoured. For example, in the story of Cain and Abel, his anger is not directed towards God, but against Abel. And although the brothers hated their father for favouring Joseph, they directed their hate, the anger, towards Joseph, not Jacob. So how does this apply to us now? For example, we are silent with the people who keep the poor in poverty to exploit them, or we blame the poor for not working hard to get out of poverty. And so, as we continue the story, the scene shifts to Dotham. So what is this place? This place, Joseph will remember for it changed his life forever. He was just sent from Hebron, as you can see from the map, to Shechem. He was there to find his brothers, and, they, and then another person led him to Dotham. So this is the route that was taken, from, taken by the Ishmaelite traders. In summary, when his brothers saw him alone in the wilderness of Dotham, and without the protection of his father, they plot to kill him. They threw him in the cistern and discussed what to do with him while eating their lunch. Reuben wanted to rescue his brother, Joseph, while he's in the cistern. But Judah wanted to sell him away to the Ishmaelites. And the brothers hatched this plot to get rid of Joseph and cover up their sin by dipping the rope in the goat's blood to let his brother assume he was killed by animals. So what do you think are Joseph's emotions when he's sold into slavery? Please do key into the Menti word cloud. So as he was, as he can put ourselves in his shoes, what do you think? How does he feel? Yes, the big word is betrayed. <laughs> Yes, he is fearful. He's sad. He feels unfair. Super sin. Oh, yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Mortified. Yes. Yep, he was feeling indignant. Why does he have to go through this? Yeah, he must have, yes, you're right, he must have felt, oh dear, I should not have boasted about my dreams. Okay, thank you for your input. So keep the emotions in mind. So as we put ourselves in his shoes, we think about what are his memories. His memory probably is of his father 
is good because he knows that his father loves him. But his brothers, the memory of his brothers are terrible as he was just running the errand or bring food to them. He got thrown to the pit and they just snack on the food he brought and plot his murder. He hear every word of their conversation of killing him. And yes, he was filled with fear for his life. He heard them dealing with the Midianites to sell him away to Ishmaelites. He begged them earnestly, please do not do this, but they ignore him. And through his tear-filled eyes, he gazed at his brothers with anger and bitterness as he heard them celebrating and plotting to lie to their father about him being killed by the animal. This last image burned in his mind as the slave owners took him away. With time, the image faded during his captivity in Egypt, but it remained with him for the next two decades. We are all people of memories. Memories define how we deal with relationships in the past and present. I remember one story from my youth that defined my path when coming out. So when we think about our youth, what comes to mind? What are this, some of the memories that we have? As Christians, we have physical and spiritual families. My spiritual family was a young church group, which I would not reveal the name. They were a loving group that brought me to the faith and disciplined us, discipled us. They were my spiritual family when I first started as a believer in Christ. Their approval gave me worth and acceptance. In the year 2000, when I was contemplating baptism, I confessed that I liked this lady in my cell group. She was someone that I looked up to, a beautiful lady. And my love for her intensified as I liked her more than a sister in Christ. My disciple then told me that homosexuality is wrong. I cannot love someone of the same sex. While I struggled with my sexuality during those years, I attended the program Choices by Church of Our Saviour. They had used uh, reparative therapy to help us to try to turn straight. I remember one of the support group sessions when we had to recall our memories, our relationships with our family. This book that we did was Making Peace With Our Past by Tim Sledge. As we recall the, the models of childhood, the relationship with our mother and father and some of the dysfunctional, dysfunctional families, relationships that we had, I identified, I identified some of the problematic connections with my family that might have caused my love for a woman, but that does not change my orientation. Being in this program made me aware of my own family problems I tried to do the right things, confess my sin, pray away my gayness. But after the three years, I still had those same feelings for her. As I asked the leaders again for baptism, they rejected me and said that I was still having sin in my life. 
and they asked me, then they told me that I need to repent from this sin. So what is this sin that they say I need to repent from? I was angry at them, who had decided my fate and rejected me from baptism. I remember the last memory that I had standing at the sea at East Coast Park with my tear-filled eyes, looking at my other churchmates getting baptised. And I was filming with anger. The people who hurt me had made no attempt to reconcile with me. I left church shortly, and this memory faded for the next 15 years. Eventually, I went to another church and got baptised in 2007. Being baptised in another church did not fully resolve my anger and bitterness, as I was still seeking an answer to my homosexual inclinations. I came to FCC in 2008, as I was seeking to find an answer to my struggles and wanted to know if God would accept me for who I am. I thank God that now I have reconciled my faith and sexuality. Although I left my first church many years ago, the past memory still haunts me. How am I going to seek closure for this anger and bitterness? So as we continue the story of Joseph, we saw many events that happened to him in the span of the 13 years. So Joseph was sold into slavery in Egypt by his brothers. He got thrown into prison. He, he served in Potiphar's house. He got thrown into prison and served as Pharaoh's right-hand man for seven years of abundance and seven years of famine after he interpreted the dream for Pharaoh. Did Joseph forgot about his family during this time? Before the years of famine came, two sons were born to Joseph by Asana, daughter of Potihara, priest of On. Joseph named his firstborn Manasseh and said, It's because God has made me forgot all my trouble and all my father's household. The second son he named Ephraim and said, It's because God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. We saw that. Joseph remembered his troubles and his father's household, and that was causing him pain and hurt all the years of his life. He temporarily forgot his suffering and pain after God delivered him from prison and blessed him. Now, Joseph was the governor of the land and the person who sold grain to all his people. When Joseph's brothers arrived, they bowed down to him with their faces to the ground. As soon as Joseph saw his brothers, he recognized them. But he pretended to be a stranger and spoke harshly to them. Where do you come from, he asked. From the land of Canaan, they replied, to buy food. Although Joseph recognized his brothers, they did not recognize him. So let's look at the Hebrew words in this verse. So the words, you see, for see is ra'ah. Wayak Kirim is recognized. Wayak Nakeh 
is pretending to be strange towards them. So you can see that these two words that's used in the verse is repeated. But the root word naka can, is uh, derived, can be used to form another word called nake. Sorry, nekka, which means foreign and stranger. So this Hebrew language is very unique as it can pack all the emotions in one sentence. When we read verse 7, it's exciting to know that Joseph, that although Joseph recognized his brothers, he treats them like strangers. This root word, naka, for recognize, is used twice in different forms. It's a word play. Wayak kirim and wayak naka. And nake is actually means foreign to a stranger. So as we study the verse, how did Joseph pretend not to know them? Did he disguise his face or dress? So there might be two explanations. Joseph left them as a boy without a beard. So now when they see him, they cannot recognize him with one. Or he was just wearing a mask like an Egyptian lord. And they couldn't see his, his face. Joseph pretend not to know them and spoke harshly to them. Isn't this similar to our own human interactions? Meeting the people who hurt us, our natural reaction was to be on a defensive and we will speak harsh words to protect ourselves. One of the common experiences we have that people, is that people do not remember the pain they cause us. How is it possible for us to get closure if the other person doesn't even remember the incident or the words they said that hurt us? Those memories remain with us and we are unable to let go. And that festers into bitterness within us. People who harbour bitterness give themselves permission to nurture it like a plant, watering it, and over time it becomes such a vital part of themselves that they feel lost without it. Bitterness is a sign that we haven't fully processed our memories. We need to learn to let go before it consumes us. They say time heals all wounds, but that cannot be healing unless we acknowledge this and learn to forgive. How can we forgive if the other person doesn't even acknowledge the wrong they've done or we can no longer have a conversation with the person? So I asked ChatGPT. <laughs> that's the, that's the, yeah, the trend we are using that too in our university. Okay. So what's the difference between forgiveness and reconciliation? So, ChatGPT replied me, Forgiveness is the act of letting go of negative emotions, such as anger, resentment and bitterness, towards someone who has wronged you. It involves acknowledging the hurt and the harm caused by the other person. Forgiveness can be a personal decision that you can make for yourself, regardless of whether the person is willing to reconcile or able to reconcile with you. For example, in Genesis 27, 41, Esau wanted to kill Jacob, 
because Jacob tricked the father to give the blessings that was Esau's birthright as the elder brother. They went to Jacob instead. But yet when they meet again decades later in Genesis 33-4, we saw that Esau had no intention to harm his brother, although he came with 400 men. He ran to meet Jacob and embrace him, hug him and kiss him, and they wept. Esau had already forgiven Jacob all this time. And Jet GBT also says, reconciliation is the process of restoring a damaged relationship or, restoring or resolving a conflict. You can have a conversation, a dialogue with the offender about what happened, exchange stories, express hurt, listen for remorse, and begin to re-establish re distrust. Forgiveness is solo. Reconciliation is a joint venture. Although Esau forgave Jacob, they, are not, they were not fully reconciled and Jacob was, as Jacob was still fearful of his brother. And instead of heading to the sale to join his brother, he said to Esau, Jacob settled in Sokol. Forgiving does not erase the, better, the bitter past. A huge memory is not a deleted memory. Instead, Forgiving what we cannot forget creates a new way to remember. We can change the memory of our past into a hope for our future. During one of the sessions with my spiritual director, while we were doing silent meditation, I found it hard to be still as I still had unresolved issues with someone. She encouraged me to pray without words, to let Jesus intercede for me. She was sitting across me and placed a chair between us. And on the chair, she put a picture of Jesus holding the lamb in his arms. And she says, let's invite Jesus into this place, for he is in our midst and we can commit all they want to say in the heart of Christ, Jesus, and He will intercede for us. Sometimes when we are unable to do anything about a situation or speak to the person, we can commit all to God and trust that God will work in His time. I did this uh, spiritual meditation every month, and for three months, I did the same thing for this meditation prayer, having Jesus to be in the midst of us and with this chair. The first time doing it was really hard. It's like so much of bitterness and anger. <laughs> but as I learned to release this bitterness and anger to Jesus, I felt that it's, it's a burden off my shoulders because it's no longer me, but Jesus is in control of the situation. And I can say all that I want to say to Jesus.
as we learn to surrender, Jesus can do this work in our lives. So as we continue to read about the reconciliation in the chapters of Genesis 42 to 44, we see Joseph's acts of love and hatred in his actions towards his brothers. He played this game of guilt-tripping them by accusing them of being spies. He imprisoned Simeon and asked them to bring his brother, Benjamin. So why did he do this? We read that Joseph wept a few times. Firstly, when he heard about Reuben's words of recollection of their sin towards Joseph. As the verse 24 says, he turned away from them and began to weep, but then came back and spoke to them again. Second time, when he sees his brother Benjamin again, deeply moved at the sight of his brother, Joseph hurried out and looked for a place to weep. He went into his private room and wept there. After finally hearing Judah's confession about his sin, Joseph decided to reveal himself to his brothers. And the verse says, And he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard about it, and the Pharaoh's household heard about it. And he kissed all his brothers and wept over them. Throughout the narratives, we hardly see any emotions from Joseph till Genesis 42, till we see his brothers again. He wept each time he tries to do something to hurt his brothers. Crying is an emotion that we often avoid as it's seen as a sign of weakness. But crying helps us to release our emotions. As Joseph wept, he was made aware of what, really, what he really felt towards his brothers. And with time, he chose to reveal himself to them. The brothers' response of repentance mattered to Joseph. And that was sufficient to break the barrier and be the start of their healing in their relationship. In life, real life, we do not know what is the best way to reconcile, but we can only trust in God's timing. Healing is not Healing is a process. It does not happen overnight. We cannot, we cannot decide on the response of the other person. But we can do something for ourselves by learning to let go of bitterness and learning to forgive and pray for the other person. Sometimes the issues can never be resolved or the reconciliation is, what, is not what we expect. But we can commit to God to work in God's time. Our lives are maybe like the apples that got rolled along in life, got banged up, crushed inside, and we kept a lot of bitterness within. We need to learn to let go of this bitterness in our lives. I would like to invite you to think of an incident 
but you need to be reconciled with the person or the people who hurt you. I would like you to close your eyes for a few minutes to quieten down your hearts. Take a few breaths. Recalling the incident. This is not compulsory, but you can pray. And as we invite Jesus into our midst to be in the center of us, Asking Jesus to help you forgive this person. <coughs> Take these few moments to be still. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for hearing our prayers. We commit all this in your hands. Amen. So, let me end with my story of reconciliation. In 2019 March, I was on a trip to Israel 
with my brothers and sisters from China Rainbow Fellowship. And one of the itineraries was visiting the Jordan River. This was the place where John baptized Jesus. All of us were invited to renew our baptismal vows as we go down the river, the Jordan River. I had not gone through baptism through full immersion, as my previous was done using water sprinkling. As I was preparing, as we were preparing to go down into the water, the memories of 2004 came to mind. At East Coast Park, I saw my church friends. I remember seeing them preparing to, to do this full, full submersion for baptism. They were singing this hymn, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Yes, this was the memory. I need to be healed from. So as I watch them getting baptized. This was, this was a new memory that I need to make. Because this song echoed in my mind as I also entered the Jordan River. So as I stepped into the water, to be baptized again, I thank God for this opportunity to be baptized at this, this place in Jordan River, in Israel, as a renewal of my commitment. I realized too at this point that I've forgiven the people who hurt me as I had reconciled my faith and sexuality and believed that God loves me for who I am as I entered the water, as I submerged into the waters of Jordan. I left this past in the water and arise with this new life in Christ, with Jesus at the center of it now. Thank you.
Let us prepare for a time of Holy Communion. We gather each Sunday at this table, and even though at this time some of us are not all physically together, this table of God's feast transcends time and space because God's love transcends all boundaries. So this table recognizes no boundaries. Here at FCC, we celebrate an open table. This means you do not have to meet any criteria, you do not have to be a member here, you do not have to be baptized, you only need to recognize that God's grace is sufficient. Good Shepherd, we take your care for granted. In the midst of your many blessings, we complain of not having enough. In the presence of danger, we fail to trust your abiding love. When you set a table before us, we turn aside from you. Call us back into your fold and help us trust your caring presence and provision that our actions may proclaim your truth. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives. God forgives our failures and calls us back into the flock. Loving God, our good shepherd. We are the sheep of your pasture. You know us by name. We We offer grateful thanks for your loving care. Open our hearts and minds to the guiding of your spirit in our lives. Lead us in right paths that we may serve you in truth and action. Amen. God prepares this table for us, offering us a feast of abundant love. Our cups overflow with the bounty of grace, for our shepherd knows us as no one else can. Restoring our souls, healing our brokenness, nourishing us with bread and cup for the life of ministry. We remember how Jesus, our shepherd, took bread and after giving thanks, broke it and gave it to the disciples, saying, This is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. May the stewards come forward to distribute the elements. As you receive the elements, please hold on to them and we will partake together as one body.
come to the table and feast with the shepherd. Let us partake of these communion elements together with thanksgiving. Please rise in body or spirit and join me in the prayer of com uh, communion. Altogether, God, God of, of love, love, you abide with us. us. Your, Your loving presence stills us. us. You provide us with all that we need in abundance. Help us to love one another in truth and action. Help us give of ourselves to those in need. Help us care for others the way our shepherd cares for us. May our lives reflect our wholehearted trust in our Shepherd's everlasting love and care. Amen. Please be seated. May pass the cups to the owls for collection by the stewards. Thank you, Yen Mei, for that really heartfelt and uh, powerful sharing. Um, I think one thing that has always struck me and I've learned over the years here in FCC is that our stories are really precious, uh, not just to ourselves, but also in the sight of God. And I think it's a really good reminder that God and Jesus are, will always be ready to receive those stories, right, and our memories in, in you know, contributed, offered up in, in, in a heart of surrender and brokenness and ready to help us with that transformation, with that process of forgiveness and reconciliation. So thank you very much for the, for the message that was shared. My name is Daryl. I'm the service leader for today. And it's down to me to very warmly welcome all of you once again to the Sunday service of a Free Community Church, where free in our name stands for First Realize Everyone is Equal. Um, we are a congregation that is affirming and progressive. And that means that everyone is welcome regardless of background, regardless of labels, regardless of identities. So all of you are very much welcome. We especially want to say a special hello to the newcomers who are visiting with us for the first few times. We know it can be daunting uh, to settle into a new community, so um, we would like... Uh, there are several ways that you can settle in easily. Um, we have a form that you can fill in to provide us with some details so that our church staff and the pastors can... Um, reach out to you and get to know you better. So the, the website is there and you can scan the QR code. Um, if you'd like to meet with us in person, we have a newcomers meeting on the last Sunday of every month. So this month is going to happen next uh, Sunday, right after service in one of the meeting rooms behind the hall. So please uh, look out for that and, and do join us uh, in getting to know us better. So we move on uh, together in the time of praise and worship through our offering. There are several ways that you can do that. Um, uh, you can scan the QR codes on the screen or on the back of the seats in front of you. Um, 
there are two funds that you can give to, the general fund, which goes to our operating uh, costs and salaries, as well as the building fund, which goes to pay down the mortgage for the place. So FCC is a church that fully depends on the goodwill and donations of the congregation and what you offer up to us um, does help us continue in the work that we do for the community. So an uh, ad additional way you can give is through credit card, uh, through the platform uh, freecomchurch.give.asia. Just be aware that there is a 1.5% platform fee um, from the offering, but um, we are grateful regardless of uh, how you choose to give. And finally, after I pray over the offering, we will be taking up a physical collection for those of you who, are, who want to um, give physically today. So let, let us pray over the offering. God of Jacob, God of Joseph, we come to you with broken hearts. But also, we come to you in gratitude and thanksgiving for your abundant love, always ready to provide to us, always ready to forgive. We offer you up the gifts that we have been blessed with, gifts that we place at your feet, place in the house of the Lord, Grant us the wisdom and discernment to be good stewards of these gifts and the resources that you have blessed us with. All this we pray in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. So may the stewards come up to take up the offering and if you would like to give physically, please um, just raise your hands and they will come round. So as the stewards are going around, we will be moving on into a time of announcements. So this being the 20th uh, anniversary, 20th year that FCC has been in existence, um, we are running, a, many of you would have already known, we are running a special project of a commemorative book. And we've already been on a, quite a long journey so far of collecting individual stories, um, individual kind of contributions, either through word or through photos. And now we would like to really add in, uh, include in our commemorative book accounts of the groups and, and um, uh, the, 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 the many groups that we have actually in, ch uh, in life as community as well. So we will be running an after-church activity today um, to kind of um, encourage groups to come together and then provide some input into the book. Um, and we've kind of announced this last week that uh, you are invited to bring images that represent your group's identity. So hopefully you have come prepared. But you have, if you have not and you are hearing, you are hearing the, the announcement for the first time, that's okay as well. Please join the uh, team in putting together this, this part of the book uh, later. They've, I think they put in quite a lot of effort. They brought a printer as well in case you have images that you want to print out. Um, but alternatively, if you um, are not ready and you would like to actually engage in this um, exercise after the, uh, the event today, you can still continue to do so. So do uh, um, come by and speak to the team to find out how you can submit your uh, uh, contributions later or have them guide you through the process of doing so. So on the next slide, we have an example of what... Uh, uh, what a, a contribution may look like uh, doesn't need to be as polished as, as this. Uh, we welcome any contributions regardless. All right. 
And secondly, we would, it's a special very uh, thank you announcement to everyone uh, for your participation in the TMART project. So TMART is a ministry of the church that reaches out to uh, transgender folk and elderly folk who are in need. And uh, uh, they ran a food drive over the month of May, I believe. So they were collecting food items. And, they, and this is just to update everyone that a successful delivery was completed on the 11th of June. So all the items were provided for that were requested. So a huge shout out and a huge thank you to all the donors and volunteers. So you have a list of names here um, who have participated in this uh, project. So really uh, a big thank you. Uh, also, um, just to let everyone know that the, our subsequent uh, collections will be taken up in the next few months. And uh, uh, finally, um, we have lunch khakis. So if you are new to us and you are not quite familiar with people yet, um, we have our lunch khaki volunteers on hand, Chua, and I'm not sure if Daniel is joining her, but at least Chua will be a lunch khaki today. So we know that sometimes finding someone for lunch may be a little bit daunting. So um, for those of you who would like to get to know more people, please um, approach Chua and we will all head downstairs to the nearby coffee shop for lunch together. All right. And this month is birthday. I mean, this week is birth. We are celebrating birthdays for June. So if I may invite Pauline to come up. So we want to celebrate all our June babies uh, this month. Uh, we have some of them up there. You'll see that our speaker for today, her birthday is in a few days' time, by the way. <laughs> so uh, I'll just like to invite those of you who are here present you know, to come up so we can pray for you and sing for you. Finally, now we can all sing. Um, yeah. <laughs> come, come. I know some of you, uh, so those who are up there are our members and that's why we have your information. Those, some of you are not yet our members. It may be your birthdays. We want to celebrate with you anyway, of course. You know, so if you are here, if you know anyone who's here who celebrated a birthday in June, please send them up here. Oh, Ines, come, come, come. Ines, how come you're not up there? You're our member now, right? Yeah, yeah. hey, Ines is our member already. <laughs> Add her in, okay? Anyone else? Come, come, come. All right, wonderful. Yeah, June is a special month in my family as well because my brother's birthday is also in June and my nephew's birthday is also in June, like one day uh, just after each other. So let's pray for our dear siblings uh, and to thank God for them, for the gift of them, okay? God, we thank you so much for our June babies because each of them, each of their lives reflect your grace, your goodness, your love in this world. Thank you for gifting us with, in this community with each of their stories, with their lives, with their gifts, with all that they are. We pray that God as a community, that you'll help us to love them, to walk with them, to nurture them, to encourage one another, to help each other towards growth and healing in you. So God, we just want to pray for them that for as they celebrate their birthdays, as they remember your goodness in their lives, that God, you will also continue to bless them with much love and wisdom, with much joy each and every day. 
that God, as you um, work in and through them, as you love through them, that many will be drawn to you because of them as well. So we thank you for all of our lovely babies, and we just want to commit each of them into your loving care. So we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Shall we sing for them? Let's sing. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Now you can flap out the candle. <laughs> now we don't blow. No, no blowing. <laughs> flap the candle. Yay! All right, thank you so much. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. And um, now we want to invite the worship team back with us uh, to close us off with the last song. Let's rise to celebrate the one in the very center, the space of our hearts, the one at the center of every single moment of our lives. Jesus at the center of it all. Jesus at the center of Beginning to the end, it would always be, it's always been you, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus at the center of it all. It's always in you, Jesus, Jesus, nothing else matters, nothing in this world will do, Jesus, you're the center, and everything
We sing that Jesus is at the center of it all. And may we live our lives as though Jesus is at the center of it all. Trusting in God, trusting that God is there. But it's not easy to place Jesus at the center because we no longer become the center. And putting Jesus as center means we have to let go of control. And sometimes not being in control is such a frightening thing. 
But God is here. Jesus is in the chair, guiding us and helping us heal from the wounds of the past so that we can become more wholehearted. May you, in your lives, in your quiet time and not-so-quiet time, have an empty chair so that Jesus can be present in your life. And may Jesus' love flow through you, surround you, sustain you. So while there may be pain, there may be trauma, there may be hurt, you know Jesus is with you. So go in love. Go wholeheartedly as people of God. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us this Sunday. We look forward to seeing you next week.